Amen. Welcome. What a great start to worship. Um, I'm Sean. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, if this is your first time with us, we, w- we would love for you to uh, take that little tear off on your bulletin and just fill that out for us. Um, if you're in the last row, you can throw it in the offering plate by the time it gets to you, maybe. Uh, if not, we have a really cool mailbox right outside to the left of our doors as you're leaving. We'd love to know you are here, celebrate with you, and uh, welcome you uh, more appropriately. Um, we try not to send a bunch of junk mail. Um, the first one you get is just me saying hi this week. So, uh, But we want you to know that we care about your visit with us and just would love to connect more. Um, we're kind of springboarding off of uh, what Norm started for us last week. He came before us and and said, hey, here's what we believe. And he he shared the Apostles' Creed with us. And and that Apostles' Creed is kind of this this foundational statement of who we are and and what we should be about. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, one of those apostles, but we're not going to talk about him directly. We're going to take the journey to Paul through someone else. See, one of the things that is, is my favorite things is talking about nobodies. Nobodies are, are, are so underestimated for their impact on faith. Uh, they fly under the radar, but, but nobodies leave legacies. Nobodies leave legacies all the time. And, and who doesn't love uh, a great underdog story? You know, we have the perennial underdogs. Um, this year, they just happened to be the Eagles, and they won. So, um, and, and much to the chagrin of Tom, where's, where's yeah, right there. So, Jason's down here, but Tom didn't win this year, and so the underdog won, and I was happy. Um, <clears throat> but we, we get behind those stories. We, we love when someone uh, who you didn't see coming wins the day. But here's the deal. Oftentimes, those nobodies, those ordinary people get none of the credit. We never hear about them. We never, we never notice them. And, and, and my, my hope today is that as we walk through this, that, that you would feel that, that you can have that same impact. Because here's the deal, you know, none of us in this room are, are you know, going to stand up on the stage. We're going to hear a little bit about this. We're going to stand up on stage in, in front of thousands and millions of people like Billy Graham did. We're just not, most of us. But here's the deal. There's a bigger story to that. There's a bigger legacy than just that. Let me pray for us. Father God, I'm just thankful that you bring us together here every week into your house. Father, put on our hearts that that we can be part of that legacy story. We can be uh, a nobody who does something. We can be the ordinary who does extraordinary. So, Father, today I pray that we would hear that voice, that voice calling to us right now saying, go, do something amazing. Your dear son's name, amen. So here's the deal. We're we're kind of smack dab in the the awards season. We're going to hear a lot of rich people tonight if you choose to watch. I always do because I'm just that guy. Um, The Oscars will be tonight. So a lot lot of rich people patting themselves on the back going, I did a great job and I got paid lots of money for it. Um, We have banners in our arenas uh, of, of records and wins. You know, some of these things are really awesome. Some of these things that we see as, as people get accolades, you know, 
we kind of enjoy that stuff. But sometimes it, it wears on us a little bit too. You know, I, I, my son and I have this conversation about end zone um, celebrations, you know, this whole past year that they got to plan them out. And, and, and I just find it funny. You know, there's never a moment where, where one of us here on stage have a really great message and we go, we, we try to plan our end zone dance. We're not spiking our iPad. You were worried there for a second, weren't you? So was I in the first service. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that the second service. But none of us are doing the dance up here when we have a great message. You and your job aren't going, yeah, man, I just closed that account. I'm going to go outside and play a dance with my buddies. There's no award ceremony for a lot of things. There's no golden statue for the things that we do, especially when we're walking in faith, folks. So sometimes the legacy we leave goes unseen. And I have a couple really favorite characters in Scripture. One is Nehemiah. Nehemiah is the cupbearer of the king. Uh, he's a nobody. It, he tastes the drink to make sure his king won't die. And then he goes and rebuilds the walls for his people. Another one that we're going to hear a lot about today is Ananias. Ananias is, is one of these nobodies who ultimately leads Paul to the start of his journey from Saul to Paul and great missionary. And then there's another one, and, and for the life of me, I don't know how we get this pronunciation out of this spelling. So the spelling is T-I-C-H-I-C-U-S. Uh, I look at that and go, Tychicus. That's just how I would do it, but I'm, I'm a hillbilly from Creston. Um, it's, it's actually Tychicus, um, but he's one of those guys, too, that, that we see that just kind of goes unknown in Scripture but has an important role in a legacy. So we're going to look at those two. We're going to look at Ananias and Ty. Um, that's just the shorthand of Tychicus. And we're going to look just a little bit at them, but we're going to look at them for a bigger story, a bigger kingdom story of faith and impact in God's movement. So if you'll turn to Acts chapter uh, 10, <clears throat> or excuse me, chapter 9, verse 10, We're going to look at one of these stories, and we'll talk a little bit about the other. But we're going to see this legacy from a nobody. So now there was a disciple of Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise, go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, <clears throat> excuse me, he is praying, and he has seen a vision, and a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on his name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he has been my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, taking food and strength. So we have Ananias. He's just a guy. We don't, know, we don't even know what he does to feed his family. And here's the deal. We don't know much about him after this. The only other time he's mentioned is when Paul is recounting this story. He just disappears from history. 
If I would have tested you, if I would have said, hey, do you know this guy? Some of you probably would. Some of you, there's another guy named Ananias in here as well. You might have said something there. But a lot of us don't know who he is. Here, let me do something a little bit more modern. Let me, let me do this test with you. When we're talking about legacy and, and who people are, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you know these names. They're Ananiases all over. They've been in history all the time. So let me, let me ask you this one. Raise your hand if you know who Mordecai Ham is. Oh, a couple of you. Now, see, when I prepared this message a couple weeks ago, I didn't know the chain of events that might happen. So some of you might know some of these names because of what has happened. How about Edward Kimball? Oh, a few less hands. How about Billy Sunday? Some of you who are baseball Fans might know that. You might know that because of some legacy that he left. Here's one. How about D.L. Moody? A lot more hands. You better, Logan. Go to the school with his name on it. How about Billy Graham? That's, That's the name that I'm sure we would have all known no matter what happened over this last week. But here's the legacy. Here's the Ananias story behind all of that. You see, Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher. He had a group of wayward teens that he loved dearly, but he was having a hard time getting them to the foot of the cross. And you see, Edward Kimball said, you know what, I'm going to chase him down. And one day he was walking out in Chicago and ended up in a shoe store and said, hey, one of my guys works here. Went back to the stock room and, and with incredible boldness trapped this kid in the stock room to share Jesus. That kid was D.L. Moody. It's a start of a legacy. You see, Edward Kimball said, I'm going to do the things of Ananias. I'm going to go, and I'm going to listen to, the light, to the, that light voice in my ear saying, you've got to do this. Well, here's the chain of events from there. So, so Edward Kimball talks to D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody goes, and, and he helps lead this baseball player into a revival movement, Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday starts speaking around the the nation and and one time he goes and he speaks and he meets Mordecai. And he talks Mordecai Ham into going to Charlotte, North Carolina to do a revival. And at that revival, a young man named Billy Graham commits to doing these incredible crusades. Fast forward through time, they estimate 250 million people have attended one of those crusades. I don't know what that, that, Jesus, just boom, exponentially grows to when it comes to people knowing the Lord in that 250 million, but I know that it does go beyond that to those people sharing it and on and on and on. I heard one time that it could be upwards of 2 billion people might have heard the message through those who came to one of Billy's crusades. That is a legacy. That is an Ananias moment. Ananias shares with Paul, with great risk, (laughs) a message of the Lord. And Paul goes on to write a majority of our New Testament, planting churches, booming this thing that we now sit in right now. That's what legacy looks like. Ananias is, is one of those nobodies. He's an ordinary guy doing extraordinary things. Tychicus is the same way. 
When we look at Tychicus, we, we meet him in Acts chapter 20 uh, in verse 4. And all it says basically is he is one of the Asians. And, and when Paul is saying that, uh, or he's being listed as that, he's being listed as someone from Asia Minor, which is what we would consider modern-day Turkey. But Tychicus is seen often in Paul's interactions. He is one of those guys who's kind of always there. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says he's a beloved minister. In Colossians chapter 4, he says he is a beloved brother. In 2 Corinthians 8.22, he calls him a man tested. And Ty, Ty, see, I'd go right there. Tychicus goes on to do amazing things that he gets no credit for. And I'm betting that both of these men didn't plan on getting any credit. You see, they have qualities that all of us can have. You see, you could be one of these folks. You could be a legacy lever. You could be a nobody doing something extraordinary. But there's some qualities that these two men and and many like them hold dear. The first one is they were extremely faithful. We see Ananias in this personal and real interaction with the Lord. He heard Jesus speak to him. It came in a vision. And here's the deal. God doesn't normally come to the unfaithful. He usually comes to the faithful. If he comes to the unfaithful, he is coming to smite them. (laughs) He's saying, beware, I come. I was trying to figure out what the the past tense of smite is. So it's smited, smat, smote. Anyways. But when he comes, he often comes to the faithful. Think about it. You've got Abraham, Moses, Mary. Most of them nobodies. And he comes to Ananias. Ananias has this faith. Paul says this about him when he talks about him in his recount. He was called a disciple. You don't get called a disciple unless you're following something faithfully. He was a devout man. That's how Paul describes him. We see he gets this vision in and he goes. Faithful people leave legacies. And this wasn't an easy time. We'll look at a little bit more about that in a second. Tychicus is the same way. We see in Ephesians chapter 6 that he goes and he, he leaves these messages for the churches. He seems to be everywhere all the time, (laughs) kind of hovering behind Paul, just giddy. What are we going to do next? I picture him, if you, for those of us who are a little older, that that Looney Tune bulldog and the little chihuahua, okay? He's like, what are we going to do next, Mike? What are we going to do next? He's just, he's there, which takes us to our next point for these folks who are legacy leavers, things that we need to hear, they're always available, Both of these men were ready. Ananias says in in verse 10 of that that chapter 9, he says, here I am, Lord. He's He's waiting. He's ready to go. We see Tychicus in in those scriptures I read in a little deeper in Ephesians 6, uh, in Colossians 4, it says he was to deliver these letters to the church. He was taking the words of Paul to these churches. The words that we see In the book of Ephesians, the words we see in Colossians, possibly even the words in Timothy, words that we read on a daily basis, this man delivered. 
In 2 Corinthians 8, it says he was an earnest man. That's faith and availability right there. We, we've, we've learned that when we looked at James a few months back. Earnest, committed, faithful, available. He also served as the interim pastor for Timothy so Timothy could go and hang out with Paul. This dude put on some miles walking around. He was available. He took that faith, that, that love that he had for the Lord, and he said, I'll do it. And there's so much more we'll hit on here in a sec. For me, I think oftentimes I have to, be, I have to really be honest with myself. I think I put on the front sometimes of saying, yeah, I'm ready. But inside I'm like, mm, it's not good timing. Maybe not now. I think we do that a lot. But these guys right there, ready to go. Let's do this. Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to spread your kingdom? That's what legacy leavers do. They take that faith. They put it into that availability. But sometimes it's tough. And these two guys are this way. They're living in a tenuous time. This is scary. This is not the best time to be following after Jesus. So it takes something more. It takes a supernatural courage. Look at Ananias. Just in his situation, he's in his house. He gets this vision, and, and Jesus says, hey, I want you to go and share my kingdom with a dude who came to kill you. I want you to go to this guy who came with permission from people back home to bind you, take you home, maybe even throw you in a pit and drop large stones on you. I don't think it's an excuse when Ananias says, really? <laughs> God, do you, know who this, do you know who this guy is? Jesus, do you want me to go to this dude, this avowed Christian hunter? I don't think it's an excuse. I think Ananias was seriously grasping on to some extreme courage and going, all right. I said, here I am. Tychicus is the same way. You see, this isn't a safe time to be walking around all over the place. This man is going all over the mission field that Paul had visited and been a part of. There are bandits and robbers. The terrain is not pleasant. The weather is not predictable. He didn't jump in an Uber and say, take me to the next town. He strapped on some extreme courage and said, all right. Some supernatural Jesus power and said, let's do this. Some believe that he was part of the mission that Paul had to take money back to the home base. They were having a hard time, so he could have been one of the ones who carried that money. And he did it bravely. And I think, gosh, you know, when I was in high school, I graduated high school, and my friends and I, we wanted to go to Washington, D.C. Now, I'm just a little country boy from Creston. I really hadn't been to a lot of big cities. I visited Akron, and only because, the only reason that I visited Akron and walked around is because that's where I planned to go to college. When we drove into cities, it was usually through it to one place and then out. Our biggest, our biggest trips when I was a kid was to family reunions in West Virginia. Not a lot of big cities there. And where we were, there weren't any cities. But we go to Washington, D.C., and I, I'm, I'm kind of freaked out. My, my friends think it's funny to take me to places and then leave me and then watch from a distance to see how I react. 
Well, this one day we're there and I put, I, I don't know how to use the Metro machine. So I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be here for a long time. I'm going to put a 20 into the Metro machine to get my Metro card out. I'll have plenty of money on this card. We'll be good to go. So I put in my 20, but it only accepts $5 per visit. And it gives you change in quarters. I got $15 worth of quarters in my pocket. And here's what I think. Every time I walk, I go, jingle, jingle. I am a target for every bandit on the street in Washington, D.C. That's how my mind works. I'm going to get mugged. I'm going to get rolled for a bunch of quarters. I, I didn't have any extreme faith, courage, or anything. But Tychicus, this man who was traveling around saying, send me anywhere, I'll do it. Give me a letter, I'll deliver it. Give me money, I'll take it to the people who need it. He took that supernatural courage and he ran with it. Legacy leavers run in this world where they realize it isn't about me. It isn't my power anyways. I trust in this incredible faith. I said yes, and now I'm going with his power. I think we can do that. I think that we live in a world now where we're going to need that supernatural, incredible courage. I was just reading right back there, between services, while I was sitting back there praying, I just flipped on my phone just to look at the news, and I just read an article from Fox News that said Christians were taken up in front of a group of 300 people in Indonesia, Muslims, and they were caned. They were flogged because they broke the Sharia law. They were Christians. I know we probably don't live in that world right now, but we do live in a world where if you put something online about Jesus, you are going to get roasted. It's just the world we live in. Even, it, even if it's something simple oftentimes, there's trolls out there just waiting to jump on and take your reputation away from you. Sometimes we gotta put on that supernatural courage and go, I don't care. I'm gonna tell the truth. I'm gonna share Jesus. I'm gonna deliver the letters where they need to be delivered and I'm going to do it through God's power. But here's the thing that I think most of us don't realize a legacy lever has. It's this awareness that someone may never know it was you. They're often anonymous. I, like I said earlier, I don't think either of these guys thought in 2,000 years some goofball is going to be talking about them on this stage. That was not their intention. And here's the deal, they probably thought, if I play just this role, someone may never know. They may have been completely aware of their anonymity. Say that word five times fast. Oftentimes, legacy leavers are never known by history. They're never known. Ananias, we only hear because Paul shares about him again when he tells his testimony, because Ananias is important to him. But I'm betting that only a handful of people know the, the people who actually, say, brought me to Jesus in this room. Maybe know Scott's testimony of who helped lead him to Jesus. They, they're anonymous sometimes. You're anonymous. You may right now be talking to the next fill-in-the-blank, D.L. Moody, Billy Graham. But the only way you do that, the only way that you become a legacy lever is, is le living that life of extreme faith, 
being available and having the courage, and then realizing that it's not for notoriety. I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to do it now. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am right now in your power and your faith. I'm going to go do this. It's much like what we see in those people that I shared earlier. Edward Kimball, a Sunday school teacher. But he knows this dude. He wasn't anybody special. He was a guy who was probably sitting on every Sunday going, gosh, this group of guys, they're driving me nuts. I don't, I don't want to go out after these guys. I'm just a Sunday school teacher. Somebody handed me some curriculum and said, love on these guys. And you know what he did? He said, here I am, Lord. I'm available. Give me that curriculum. Here I am, Lord, every Sunday with these guys. You know what, Lord? That's not doing enough right now. Here I am, Lord. Send me to the streets to find them. Here I am, Lord, standing at the door of a shoe store. <laughs> All right. I'm going in. You may be having that impact right now, and you don't even know it. But we've got to be moving into it. Scott and I talked a little bit, and we just felt like this is, this is a season, this is a time where, where we get to honor a legacy that has produced faithful Christ followers for decades. We get to sit here and share the simple story of a Sunday school teacher who went out in faith. But we also get to celebrate and honor a man of God who shared the gospel with millions of people. And when he met the Lord, I am betting his first plan was not to stand in a stadium. His first thought wasn't, will presidents know me? Will they come to my funeral? I don't think that's what Billy Graham thought when he started being faithful. I don't think that's what Billy Graham thought when he started being courageous. But we have the opportunity now to kind of sit in this world and, and share and honor that. This is a man that, that looked at equality as one of his primary goals, he would say to venue owners, I will not do my crusade in this arena unless every skin color is allowed to come in. This is a man that even in death, he is ministering to folks. Over 300,000 calls have come into the Billy Graham organization asking about Jesus. Even in his death, people are coming to know the Lord. That's a legacy. But here's the deal. Billy Graham's legacy wasn't just for all of us out here who saw him on TV or if you had the opportunity to go to one of his crusades or you've read things about him or you got to see the funeral. It was also, his legacy went deeper than that. And I want you to hear this. Your legacy doesn't have to be about something grandiose. You can have a legacy with your kids right now. You can have a legacy with your friends right now. One of the great stories uh, that was shared from Billy's funeral was from his daughter Ruth. Ruth is one of the ones who really kind of went down a shaky path. Multiple marriages, bad decisions, 
Scott and I were talking about that, this last night and couldn't help but get choked up. But she tells this story. She says, listen, I was, I, I was later in middle age and, and I was still kind of bullheaded and uh, I'd just come out of a marriage, but now I've met a guy, another widower, and that was moving too fast, but she still wanted to go into it, even though Billy said, no, don't do this. But she did, and she got married to him, and within 24 hours, she knew it had gone wrong. This is what it says. So being stubborn, willful, and sinful, I married this man on New Year's Eve, and within 24 hours, I knew I'd made a terrible mistake. But that's not the legacy. The legacy is that when that all went bye-bye, she had to make that long journey home back to her dad. Driving down that driveway, I don't know what it feels like, but it feels very prodigal to me. And this is what she says. My father was standing there waiting for me. As I got out of the car, he wrapped his arms around me and he said, welcome home. There was no shame. There was no blame. There was no condemnation, just unconditional love. My father was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. When we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, our pain, our hurt, God says, welcome home. If that legacy never went anything further than that conversation between a dad and his daughter, wow. We can have those legacies. We can have those impacts. You could right now be talking to the next person who's going to give their life to the Lord and fill stadiums, or you could be talking to the next Edward Kimball who just shares his faith with a high school dude. In the eyes of our God, they're both kingdom work. Are you chasing after that sort of legacy? Or are you sitting on the bench? There were multiple times where, I, I was a wrestler and a poor one at that, but there were multiple times where I was sitting on the bench going, oh, don't choose me. This is going to be a hot mess if I go out there. It's going to look bad for you, for me, and the school. No banners going on the wall for Sean Homan as a wrestler. We can't do that when we're walking in faith. We can't do that as called people, commissioned people. We've got to be sitting on the bench just jittering, waiting. I'm ready. I've been practicing. I'm disciplined. I'm faithful. I don't care if the guys are bigger than me or not. Send me in. You can have a legacy. It may not be as awesome as Billy's in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of our Lord, it's all the same. Let me pray for us. Father God, I pray that you would call us to be legacy leavers, that you would call us to step out like Ananias, like Tychicus, like Edward Kimball, that you would call us out to be faithful, to have an impact that goes beyond ourselves, not in it for any accolades, no banners on the wall, no statues made of gold, but for the smile that puts on your face. Father, I pray that we would know that that's important, that we would feel that push, that we would say, I'm ready. It may be scary, but let's do this. Give us that call. Give us that desire. 
allow us to leave the lasting legacy of your kingdom's work. In your dear son's name, amen.